Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Feisty, fearless, and fair. Telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Some stunning comments coming from President Joe Biden tonight. We're going to share them now on the Rita Cosby show that the president is saying at a fundraiser for the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee that he believes the risk of nuclear Armageddon is at the highest level since the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis. This comes as Russian officials are speaking of the possibility of using tactical nuclear weapons after suffering very obvious big setbacks in the eight-month invasion of Ukraine. And again, Biden saying that a guy I know fairly well, Vladimir Putin, and the leader of Russia was not joking when he talks about the use of tactical nuclear weapons or biological or chemical weapons. Biden further adding just a few minutes ago, we have not faced the prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis. So that is a very, very strong statement coming from our president as certainly the fear and concern antes up against Russia with lots of threats. And again, the report from the Chechen leader not to, uh, gosh, about two days ago, essentially urging Putin to use tactical nuclear weapons in Ukraine. And the president saying just a little bit ago that this is the highest risk of an Armageddon since the 1962 crisis, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Boy, Uh, Things are getting very, very heated. And by the way, later on in the hour, we're going to talk about Hunter Biden because things are getting heated there with the investigation and also with the issues of oil. How much are President Biden's green energy policies hurting us on the world stage from a security perspective, especially with Russia, as we're talking about? I think big time. And we're going to take your calls on that. And also on Hunter Biden, we have John Solomon coming up in just about 10 minutes. Meantime, everybody, we want to make sure that we acknowledge the passing of someone who was a dear friend of mine and a dear friend to so many of you. Uh, So many of you were loyal listeners of Imus in the Morning. And I think everybody was glued to Imus in the Morning and then, of course, the number one show in the morning on WABC uh, across the country based here at WABC, our flagship, Bernie and Sid. Uh, Bernie McGurk, um, our dear friend, who I think was one of the most clever, extraordinary, caring, kind guys that I know. And I've known Bernie. I knew Bernie all the way back to when I was at NBC, uh, even before I joined WABC Radio and, of course, Red Apple Network. And Bernie was always just funny. He was clever. 
He was optimistic, and he was just a force of nature. And sadly, he passed away from prostate cancer last night, leaving us way, way too soon. And I know so many of you have thoughts about this extraordinary guy. We're going to be taking your calls tonight on that. Uh, I have been literally crying all day because I just loved Bernie so much. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. As we pay honor to the great Bernie McGurk, who was beloved and brilliant at the same time. And we wanted to play a couple just really special moments of Bernie. There's so many, but here's just a little flavor of what made him just so special. Such a brilliant broadcaster and such an incredible human being. 77 WABC remembers our colleague, our friend, radio legend, Bernard McGurk. Good morning, God bless. Lord, hear our prayer. The I-Man's next ranch accident permanently keeps him from talking. And that he returns to New York in the condition of Stephen Hawking. <laughs> President Trump, welcome to the brand new Bernie and Sid in the morning show on WABC. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too, but I've known Bernard for, we don't want to say how long, right, Bernard? <laughs> no, it's, been, it's been a while. I loved you. Are you nuts? Well, you said love. Now it's in the past tense. So No, I, I, I still do. Working with me for four years, you don't hate me at this point? On certain days. <laughs> Not every day, but this morning I don't hate you at all. Please join us on Tuesday morning as we will have a special tribute show honoring the life of our colleague, our friend, Bernard McGurk. How beautiful. And again, everybody got to tune in on Tuesday as we pay tribute to the great, great Bernie McGurk. Uh, Let's go to Norm uh, calling in from Brooklyn. Go ahead, Norm, your thoughts. Bernie, I'm, you know, I'm a vampire, so I stay up all night. Um, I've, I've not called Bernie that much, but the one experience I had was, was amazing. Um, I, there were the, right after COVID started, they were having these inspectors, these people sent out by the city, um, these well-meaning young people who, uh, to, to go house to house in my neighborhood in Canarsie and ask everybody if they were vaccinated. And which I, I found was just an intrusion. So I, you know, when they came to my house, I said, well, yes, but like any guy said, he goes, he, the, the guy went, are you okay? And I said, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I just think that this is an intrusion on my, on my privacy. So did you okay, call so Bernie? I, so, I, 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 so I called Bernie and I told Bernie about it and Bernie told me, oh, Norm, because it was, wasn't Sid. He goes, oh, Norm. He goes, you should get a shotgun. He told me this. You should get a shotgun and crank it, like pull the, ra- you know, rack it. <laughs> you know, next time that guy comes, next time that comes on my, on my porch, and that'll stop him. And I was like, yeah, Bernie, sure. I mean, it was. It was <laughs> but yeah, you know, you know mean, what's it was so funny, like, Norm? I, I'm surprised yeah. he didn't say a pit bull, too. You know, because that would have been that would have been a classic, classic case. Norm, thank you for sharing that great story. That is a classic Bernie response. Uh, Let's go to David in Los Angeles. David, your thoughts about the great Bernie McGurk. Oh, my gosh, Rita. you, You just broke the news to me. I'm practically in tears. The guy's a legend. Irreplaceable. Will never be anybody like him. Genius with the politics and funny. And again, what a tragic loss. Oh, my God. Really, uh, you know, and I'm from L.A. You probably wonder how I even know. But I'd love listening to him on the Bernie and Sid show. And uh, again, you know, just irreplaceable, 
will never be anyone like him. Genius, but funny. And I'm just devastated, man. Plus, Eddie Van Halen died two years ago today. So what a terrible day this is going to be in the years to come. Yeah. Oh, David, thank you for sharing your thoughts all the way from L.A., too. He was so, so special. Let's go to Veronica, line five. Veronica, your thoughts about Bernie. Hi, Rita. How are you? I just wanted to say that this morning, as usual, I turned on the radio and I heard the bells ringing you know, in honor of him. And I just was so sad all day today. I mean, you know, Bernie and Sid is so much a part of my day as listening to you, you know, at 10 o'clock every night, I got my earphones on, you know. Oh, no, and thank I, you. Oh, and I just, um, I'm just like so sad. I just, I'm getting choked up thinking of it. And, you know, I, I just like, you know, my heart breaks for all of you, his WABC family, but I especially am thinking of, like, obviously his wife and his kids, but um, I feel so bad for Sid. I mean, my heart breaks for him because he he was so emotional today. I knew he would be because those two were like brothers. You I know? was about to say they were really more like brothers than co-hosts. And, and you know, both of them such great guys. And Bernie uh, was just irreplaceable. I mean, he was so courageous. Uh, the last time I saw him, he was smiling even though he was in tremendous pain and dealing with prostate cancer, he was still smiling and asking how I was doing, <laughs> you know, that was typical Bernie. And he just was, there was just something so special about him and brilliant and funny um, and humble, you know, um, and think about just, just a, a true icon in the business, but also just a true gentleman. I, I posted a picture, by the way, everybody on my Twitter feed at Rita Cosby, um, because I saw this great picture almost right away today, and I was just flipping through, and it put a big smile on my face because uh, he and I shared so many wonderful moments together uh, with the WABC family, and God, uh, he's just, I miss him. I, I feel the same way you do too, Veronica. Thank you. Let's go to BJ. BJ, uh, line four, your thoughts. Well, we lost a great, great broadcaster, but, you know, uh, Bernie McGurk was one of these guys that, you know, all uh, I'm an Irish guy, he's an Irish guy, and O'Reilly uh, has an expression, all Irish guys know each other. He was the brother from another mother in many ways, and uh, I'm an Irish hooligan, he was an Irish hooligan. He, he could talk to anyone, he could interview anyone, he uh, uh, went to Deagwood Clinton, he drove a cab. Uh, white, bra black, brown, Asian. Uh, he could make everybody laugh. Was an altar boy, make... by the way, too. He was also an altar boy. Altar boy too. <laughs> Same story. I'm an altar boy too. Oh, see, then uh, then you guys do all know each other. You do all we know all each other. We all know each other. <laughs> We're all related, uh, and we all. Know, I I probably know some of his relatives. Uh, that were, you know, but he he was amazing. He will be deeply missed. And, uh, you know, I really was rooting for the guy. I thought he was going to uh, get to stay around uh, for a long, long time. But it was, you know, God has other plans. So to my friend Bernie uh, Slancha, and uh, I'll see you one day, and I'll tip a glass with you, my friend. And I'm pying. Oh, how so. beautiful. BJ, thank you for the beautiful message. And you're right. I did. I thought the same thing, too. I thought he would just live forever. I really did. Um, you know, I knew he was dealing with a lot with the prostate cancer and it had spread, but I just thought he's going to be one of the guys who beats it. I just thought there was something about um, that moment that he would do it. Um, let's go to Lou real quick. Lou, line one, real quick, your thoughts. 
Hi, Rita. You know, it's, it's always a, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. It really is. Um, I'll, I'll try to be brief, but, um, you know, good companies and good stations, uh, they always seem to make tremendous hires and, and John Casamitidis has done that with WABC and, and your, your voice is, um, it's so, it's so solid and it, it's so in, in the, in the spirit of, you know, of, of a Bernie and, uh, uh Bernie was, um, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be redundant, but, uh, you know, um, it's, um, his, his voice is, uh, it's going to be missed. Uh, um, Lou, I feel the I, same I, way you do. I, 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 you know, I'm, I tell you guys how I feel I've been bawling all day. You know, I have, uh, you know, because he was just so special. You know, he I, really, really was. I, I don't want to make this about me, but there was, I, I called him one time and, you know, and as Sid always says, um, you know, Bernie's the smartest guy in the room. And, um, and I, and I always listened, but there was something that came up and, you know, he, he was a big MMA fan and, and, and Conor McGregor was his countryman. Yeah. And, uh, and Conor was going to fight a guy, uh, Mayweather and, uh, and Bernie was rooting for him. And, and so I called up and, you know, not to show him up, but I, I says, I says, Bernie, I love you. You're the smartest guy in the room. But I, I was a little bit, you know, a little bit condescending in, in, in a nice way. And I says, but Bernie, you know, you don't know, you don't know, you got it wrong on this one. And he was, he was so humble and kind of deferred to me. And, um, well, you know why, and, Lou, you know, he loved all of you guys. I mean, that's what kept him going. He loved all of you guys and talking to all of you. Um, Lou, thank you very, very much. And I, I feel the lump in your throat because I have the same lump. Um, and by the way, I'll never forget when he found out that I had spent time with the WWE of Afghanistan. It was like, what were they like? <laughs> he loved the MMA and the WWE and all of that stuff. Um, and we could talk for hours about all of that. Um, we're going to continue, you guys, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Breaking news. And there are reports tonight uh, that federal agents are close to charging the president's son, Hunter Biden, but not with lobbying issues, but with potentially gun charges and tax charges. Uh, we know that they've been looking into this for a while, but why is this being leaked right now before the midterms? Joining us to talk about all of this is John Solomon, the founder of Just the News and the great investigative journalist. Uh, John, why is this coming out now? And, and what do you make of the fact that it's not anything tied to, quote, the big guy or any of the businesses overseas? Yeah, great. That's a great question uh, for two reasons. First off, uh, there is no chance that there's an indictment imminent. Why? Because this is a politically sensitive investigation. And under the U.S. Attorney's Manual, politically sensitive investigations come to a halt for the 90 days before elections. So there's not going to be indictment or anything happening until after Election Day, unless Hunter Biden voluntarily agrees to some plea deal. So the first question is, why is this coming out kind of creating a sense of there? The second thing is, the Washington Post admits this story is old. This is a really a very important thing. 
this is an old story made to look new. How do we know that? It actually says in the third graph after telling you, oh, agents are recommending that they should go forward. They actually determined this months ago. That's the exact words that the Washington Post did. We know this because things have happened since that. We reported in the spring, FBI thought it had enough evidence, and that grand jury activity had begun. What does that mean? FBI agents don't go to the grand jury. Prosecutors do. So prosecutors got involved. So you have to ask yourself, why is an old story being made to look new? Something that we've all known, and by the way, in its own words, it acknowledges this is old news. Agents determined months ago they had assembled enough evidence. I think there are four dynamics going on, according to the people that I've been talking to. We were directly familiar with this investigation. The first is over the summer, a lot more new evidence came out that Joe Biden was more involved in Hunter Biden's business dealings, his meetings with foreign partners uh, in this uh, deal to maybe sell gas to China. He even had a key to one of Hunter Biden's uh, uh, business offices where they were doing the China work. So Joe Biden is getting into this story, tries to pull back and suggest, oh, this is just about hapless Hunter Biden and the work he did. Secondly, uh, the FBI has been under a relentless scrutiny for its failures, including some allegations about how it handled Hunter Biden. And this story makes clear the FBI has done its work it's really the prosecutors are dragging. So there, that's a dynamic I think it's worked. Then between the prosecutors on the front line and the main Justice Department, Justice Department has to sign off on this. There's some tension naturally there. We think that's going on. And then finally, there are a lot of people around Joe Biden, the president, who want Hunter Biden to plead this out, get this off the table, get this over with. Hunter Biden's lawyers made clear in public they're not going to do that. That's another dynamic playing out. And I think all four of those things, according to my sources, played into why this leak gets leaked uh, out on a day like today, which really is old news made to look new. But where do you see this going, John Solomon? Is there a chance that maybe after the midterms it gets pleaded out or or it's some very minor offense? Or is it potentially maybe the Democrats uh, looking for an out a little bit, if you will? Oh, this is just getting a little too sticky, Joe. Maybe you shouldn't run because if you're not the candidate uh, for 2024, maybe there'll be more hands off your son. Yeah, listen, I think uh, a lot of this is right where it was back in the spring. That my, What sources have told me today is not much has changed from the spring. Where we are is that the FBI thinks there's some good evidence on uh, tax violations, uh, foreign lobbying violations, and false statement on a gun application. Those are all very serious. Taxes can be a very serious matter. So can uh, foreign lobbying and you know buying a gun and lying about it to get the gun, serious matter. Some people say, oh, that's a little stuff. It actually, there's a lot of weight behind those charges, and you could get prison time theoretically for them. I think this, uh, there was some grand jury activity, and then things came to a halt. I think the halt was they were working, according to my sources, to get some more evidence to bulk up the gun thing, which was sort of a late charge that hadn't been involved in the early investigation. Uh, and then this got put on ice until after the election. I think after the election, the plan is for the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware to make some final recommendations, uh, get the blessing of the main Justice Department, and then either go get an indictment or a plea deal. And I think this could wrap up at the end of the year based on the people I'm talking to. Again, anything can change in that dynamic. But I think it's been frozen in time since the summer. But keep in mind, there was a lot of grand jury activity in the summer. And that grand jury activity was driven by the FBI belief and the U.S. attorney's acceptance that there might have been crimes here. I think the gun charges muck things up because it's a latecomer. they got to get some evidence and, and new testimony. I think it all gets wrapped up after the election. And, you know, this is a tough moment for, for Joe Biden. He wants to talk about Donald Trump's problems. 
and his son is going to be front and center right after the election, most likely, if these sources are, are on the mark with what's going on. You know, it's amazing, John Solomon, as we're talking about Hunter Biden, uh, there's a headline that the DOJ has arrested 11 pro-lifers for peaceful yeah. protests outside yeah, abortion clinics. They can't wait to hurry up and arrest that. And yet now here we are with Hunter Biden. It's been four years and still no charges. Really quick, do you ever think they'll be able to connect the dots to, quote, the big guy? Well, listen, the dots are connected in public. It's just a question of whether it's criminal under any federal statutes. We don't know the answer to that because a lot of evidence we don't see. But the big guy, we know who he is. Tony Bobolinsky says it. The Hunter Biden investigation, four years, no action yet. Uh, in less than a year and a half, more than several hundred people have been arrested in January 6th. That's why people see a dual system here. Yeah, there sure looks like a big, big double standard. Well, I know you are on top of it, John Solomon. Thank you so much. We always love having you here on the show. Thank you, John. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you very much. John Solomon, the founder of Just the News. What do you make of this? That now these new headlines kind of coming out and potentially after the midterms, maybe some minor charges... Although, obviously, still significant, as you heard from John Solomon. But will they ever connect the big guy with arrests or anything like that? Very interesting. We'll talk about it after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from the big island, the beautiful island of Hawaii. Officers Kyle Murray and Devin Achong, who have been at the agency there for three years, have been responding to search and rescue calls for quite a bit. Uh, But none have been as intense and as demanding or as rewarding as one that happened this summer when the two officers saved a woman who got lost in a dense jungle of the Hawaiian acres, surrounded by grass taller than them, some of it razor sharp, nicking at their skin and so thick that even a police baton couldn't part it. The two officers with the Hawaii Police Department's Puma Patrol followed a faint cry for help. And it was looking like it was like a needle in a haystack or dense jungle in this case. But officers Murray and Chung, drenched from heavy rain, kept searching in the dark of night for the origin of a voice that was screaming, help, help, from a six-acre uh, land in the Hawaiian Acres area of the Big Island. Now, after about three hours after the search began, they discovered a 43-year-old woman covered by the trees in a ditch about four feet deep. She looked up and she just started crying. Officer Chong said 
if it hadn't been for the colorful clothing that she was wearing that stood out in the jungle, he might not have been able to see her. After moving some of the trees and branches around her, Officer Chong grabbed her hand, letting her know she was safe. I remember she couldn't even really walk. She was just so exhausted, dehydrated, probably in shock from being out there for maybe at least 12 hours or more. Now, the woman told the officers that the reason that she got lost in the middle of the jungle was she was trying to avoid a small group of large feral pigs. Fearing what the pigs might do to her if she walked by them, she went into the bushes to hide until the pigs left. Unfortunately, the area that she ran into had a very steep incline where she slipped and fell, dropping her bags and everything inside. And Officer Murray said he was so happy that she avoided the pigs, and I was just elated to see her alive. What a powerful story, and imagine what it's like uh, being there on patrol on the big island of Hawaii. Well, we are talking about officers, meanwhile, really, basically the FBI and others, closing in on Hunter Biden. And now it looks like they're going after him for lying about drug use when he applied for that gun that he was showing all over the place, uh, and also for tax fraud. And this is basically the culmination of a four-year investigation. Now, John Solomon, who we just had here on the show, was saying that they are also looking into foreign lobbying. That's where it gets really interesting because, of course, we heard from Tony Bobolinsky, who was on Tucker this week, basically connecting the dots, saying that the big guy was, you know, Joe Biden himself, and that all the dots basically that the reason Hunter Biden was making so much money with China and Russia and all these places is because he was basically selling access to his father. That's the allegation. Well, take a listen. Here is a little bit of background. First off, who could forget Hunter Biden? If you think that people were paying him millions upon millions of dollars uh, for his intellectual capacity, uh, you got another thing coming. Here is Hunter Biden. Who could forget this? This is like the classic of all time where he couldn't figure out the difference between crack and Parmesan cheese. I spent more time on my hands and knees picking through rugs, um, smoking anything that re- even remotely resembled crack cocaine. I probably smoked more Parmesan cheese than anyone <laughs> Anyone that you know, I'm sure, Tracy. Because <laughs> there'd be crumbs yeah. mixed in and yeah. you just... It, yeah. I mean, I went one time for 13 days without sleeping and smoking crack and drinking vodka exclusively throughout that entire time. What a mess. What a mess. And we know that the gun was bought illegally. We already know that. Uh, he lied about his drug use. So he had an illegal weapon. The question is... Can they connect the dots to him getting paid with no experience uh, by the former mayor of Moscow's wife? Uh, Also, Ukraine, Burisma, all of that stuff. And now it looks like, according to new reports, that at least they're putting it out there that they may be closing in on charges against the president's son. The question is, why are we hearing about it now? Do you think it'll make any difference before the midterms? And do you think at the end of the midterms, It'll just get dropped, or do you think it'll be full steam ahead? By the way, if the House goes into Republican hands, you can bet that's going to be one of their first investigations as first witness, Hunter Biden. Second witness will be the president's brother. You know, how about the laptop guy? 
Tony Bobolinsky, and maybe eventually the president himself. You know that they are damned and determined that they will do hearings on that. Also, you know, on everything else, especially tied to Fauci. There, I, I hope, because there are so many unanswered questions, I don't believe we'll ever get the answers if the Democrats stay in power in the House, because they'll just kind of brush it aside and say, let's move on. Whereas Republicans will say, listen, we need answers. And here's a little bit of details about some of the new headlines. This is Fox News's David Spunt reporter talking about this today. A source with knowledge of the investigation tells Fox News it has reached a significant and critical phase. Also, federal investigators are no longer collecting evidence. It's moved past that point and is now in the hands of the United States attorney in Delaware. The Washington Post reported that agents believe prosecutors have enough evidence to charge Biden, Hunter Biden, with tax crimes, plural S there, and a false statement related to a gun charge. The investigation moved over the summer from the FBI to the U.S. attorney in Delaware. Justice Department policy is not to file politically sensitive charges in the two months or so before a federal election. Since Biden is not on the ballot, this rule may not apply. We've previously reported, Brett, Hunter Biden was being investigated for possible federal tax and gun paperwork violations, as well as foreign lobbying crimes. The Post has reported that federal agents believe that tax crimes and gun registration aspect aspects could be, quote, chargeable. Fox News reviewed a 2018 firearm report where Biden answered in the negative to a question asking if he was an unlawful user or addicted to drugs. Now, it's not clear whether Hunter Biden's laptop in federal custody for several years now is key to any charging decision. Wow, it's quite a bit there on our plate. And I want to play, actually, I want to play Cut 22 because this is Tony Bobolinsky. And Tony Bobolinsky was on Tucker earlier in the week, and he expanded on Hunter's role with what he says is the big guy. And he says that's the president. Take a listen. They initially uh, published a report in September 2020. Two weeks after the election in November 2020, they published a 70-page document that's publicly available to anybody that's watching this that wants to 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 um, to review it that goes through in detail the involvement of Hunter Biden and the Biden family with knowledge of a deal that was being struck between CFC buying a nine billion dollar stake in the U.S. sanctioned Russian controlled by Putin energy company and writing a nine billion dollar check. They weren't a silent partner and, you know, We're going to put 9 million or 90 million or 900 million. They were buying a $9 billion stake, approximately 14% of Rosneft. Once again, U.S. sanctioned, Putin-controlled Russian energy company. And Hunter Biden and the Biden family were right in the middle of all of that. And Jesse Waters today on The Five on Fox News minced no words about what he thinks Basically, the president could be. Take a listen to this. Think about this. If you follow the evidence to where this is going, Joe Biden's a traitor because Joe Biden was going to be the front man for China's Belt and Road Initiative. China's Belt and Road Initiative was the biggest challenge to United States supremacy we've ever had. This is their imperial commercial strategy to supplant the United States as the number one world power. They were paying the Biden family to be the face of that, the American face of the Chinese Belt and Road. And Biden was getting paid to do that. 
Wow, that is an explosive allegation saying the president basically could be a traitor if he was helping China and helping Russia vis-a-vis his son. The question is, will we ever know if indeed that was the case? Well, take a listen. Here is the response from Hunter Biden's attorney. It's very interesting. Um, And take uh, basically, this is a bit of a hypocrite. If they put this in the light of everything that's happened to President Trump, the Supreme Court leak, and I'm when I'm referring to the Trump, I'm talking about the leaking like a sieve. Everything happened after the raid. Remember, it was like, oh, this happened, and it would get leaked to the mainstream media. And then, of course, we know that the Supreme Court leak happened on the Dobbs, the Roe v. Wade decision. Doesn't look like they're pursuing that either, right? But now, now Hunter Biden's attorney says, how dare these leaks happen? Take a listen. In a statement to Fox News, Biden's attorney, Chris Clark, responding to the Post article said, quote, it is a federal felony for a federal agent to leak information about a grand jury investigation such as this one. Any agent you cite as a source in your article apparently has committed such a felony. We expect the Department of Justice will dil- diligently investigate and prosecute such bad actors. Now, the grand jury in this investigation finished over the summer. Speaking of the Department of Justice, no comment from DOJ on this latest update. So where do you see this headed? Lots of headlines today that they are close to charges, close to an indictment. Will it really happen and when? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe, line six. Joe, your thoughts about this? Hey, Rita. First of all, let's wish Bernie that he's resting in peace. Um. Second of all, absolutely, think, absolutely, we I miss him terribly already. Oh yeah, he was the, the both of them. They're great. They're two gentlemen, um, and you're you're a, you're a very um, gentle lady. We'll put it that way, for lack of a better term. But anyway, thank you. Nothing's going to happen to this to this Hunter Biden. Look, nothing. First of all, who's going to do something? Mitch McConnell. I mean, these Republicans have no guts. They they all want the. They're all good old boys. They go out drinking to the same club when or uh, bar when they're done with their uh, session. And um, look at Benghazi. Look at all the things that have gone. uh, It's going to be another Benghazi where nobody gets prosecuted. Nothing will happen. He's the president's son. They're all corrupt. They're all dirty. I wish nothing best. uh, We want Trump back. If we can't have Trump, I want DeSantis. Now, let me ask you, Joe. You know, I hear what you're saying because, yeah, there does seem to be a lot of uh, cross-connect, especially when you're talking about, like, Mitch McConnell and some of those guys. But like Mm -hmm. James Comer, for example, who is a Republican in the House, he would lead basically the House Intel Committee. Uh, He seems to be very much somebody who's not afraid of mixing it up and stirring it up. Um, You know, he doesn't seem to be as attached to the the old uh, good old boy state of Washington. And he has vowed that if he gets, you know, to be the head of it, you know, the chair of that committee, which he probably Mm -hmm. would be if, you know, if that if they win the House. Um, in November, then come January, he's like, day one, I would ask for hearing. So there may be a little more fire than you think. There may be a little more spunk. There may be some others who are going to try to shut it down. But I think there'll be a group on the GOP side that are going to try to push this full steam ahead, Joe. Like my grandmother would say, it's all they're all full of soup. OK, <laughs> it's all smoke and mirrors. That's all it is. It's smoke and mirrors to distract Americans from what the heck's going on in our country that's falling apart as we speak.
Well, and, and you bring up them. a great point. There are so many huge issues out here. But if the president's son was on the take and funneling money to his father, which are some of the allegations that are out there, uh, that is a huge deal. Um, if in turn there were decisions made or and who knows why, and especially the fact that it's tied to China, tied to Russia. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, something smells to high heaven, especially of the locations in particular and the timing of a lot of this. And that's why I think we need to know one way or the other. If it if it doesn't go anywhere, but the dots have all been investigated, then we can feel good about it. But if it hasn't been mm-hmm. investigated, I don't think any of us are going to feel good that it wasn't resolved. Uh, Joe, thank you very, very much. Um, let's go to let's go to Stan in Forest Hill. Stan, your thoughts. Hi, how are you? How are you? Good. How uh, you doing, Stan? Okay, dear. Uh, uh, look, all that has been stated by the uh, FBI and the, so is tax evasion and a gun situation. That's all we've heard. I didn't hear anything about trader or anything about funneling money from China. That's the Republicans' brainstorm which is going nowhere. But on the tax thing, it could be a possibility. I've said all along, I don't like this guy anyway. But as far as a trader, uh, big money going to uh, the father, the, you know, it sounds like the godfather. No way. That's never happened. Uh, the big guy, as they call him, I doubt it very much. In fact, the only way you'll, you'll find out is Republicans get in uh, if they win uh, the House. But, yeah, I agree, by the way, Stan. That's not going to happen, so I'm not worried about it. On tax evasion, look. Wait, you don't think now? Hang on. Tax I think it's a possibility. But let, me ask, you, let me ask you, Stan. Um, you can't, you, you know, you agree that the guy is a screwball, and I'm talking about Hunter Biden, okay? You agree. I mean, there's nobody who can see the guy. You look on the videotapes, it's like everything your mother tells you not to do in one place. When you pop in the videotape, anybody would blush, right? And you look at this guy, and then you see all the money that's coming in. I mean, there's clearly suspicion there. And you have people like this Tony Bobolinsky guy who says, I was there in meetings, and the big guy was the father. I talked to the father. So it's not, you know, there's at least some witnesses who have come forward making that allegation. I think it needs to be resolved one way or the other. I mean, if the president is clear and he didn't do anything, then he deserves to be cleared. Uh, but if he did do something that could be extremely risky, that's a huge deal. And if you look at Hunter Biden, Stan, you can't think that they're buying him for his brain. That ain't the case. I mean, you you got to agree with that. Yeah, well, n- number one, uh, him manipulating money and moving it around, he doesn't have the brains for that anyway. I agree with that. But as far as the fact that uh, the president of the United States has been accumulating hundreds of millions, which I've been hearing from the Republican right for months, is BS. It's no fact. Look, Trump was in office. If uh, uh, they could have gone after Biden then and so forth and his son. Now, uh, there is nothing at this stage. But I, I'll tell you, the taxes, I think that's a legitimate thing if, if he didn't pay. And this gun thing. What exactly is this thing with the gun? But I don't he, understand. He didn't say that he had a drug history because you're not supposed to be able to buy a gun. And he lied saying that he had no drug issues, no problems. So that he was clean, in other words, and they didn't bother finding out at the time. Then they found out. So it's basically lying on a form. So he had a gun illegally. So you could get him for the lying on the form and you could get him for criminal possession of a gun and you could get him on the tax stuff. And potentially, uh, and we did hear this from John Solomon tonight, maybe even some foreign lobbying stuff. I mean, you never know, Stan. And I agree with you. I think... uh, 
if I'm not going to say if maybe when the Republicans take the House, I think it will be investigated then. And I think it needs to be looked into. It's just way too questionable that this guy who is smoking, you know, drugs and hiring prostitutes all by his own account, Stan. I mean, we we all know that. For That's a fact. Um, you know, doing a lot of questionable things. Uh, I find it hard to believe he made that kind of money and claimed it was some of it going to the big guy. And, you know, his dad suddenly gets access to some of them and then says he doesn't know them. I mean, there's a lot of questions here, Stan. They just needs to be answered so the American public can have faith in it. And if he did something crooked, that should come out. Stan, thank you very much. We're going to continue your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Well, you just heard from Stan, who agrees that Hunter Biden is a screwball. So explain it, how he made millions upon millions of dollars. And meanwhile, he remember, it was like, I'm not sure if that was my laptop that I left at the store or not. He can't even keep his story straight. Remember this interview that he did? Did you leave a, a laptop with a repairman not in Wilmington? Not, not that, that you I remember. remember. No, no. But whether or not um, somebody has my laptop, whether or not uh, it was my, uh, my was hacked, whether or not there exists a laptop at all, I truly don't know. Are you missing a laptop? Not that I know of, but, you know, <laughs> you read the book and you'll realize that I wasn't keeping the tabs on possessions very well for about a four-year period of time. Uh, I would say most of his life. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mark in Kentucky. Mark, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Sorry about my voice. Please bear with me. But we've been dealing with for four years. Everybody's talking about across the country. You, everybody. Hannity, everybody. Nothing's going to happen to him. You he, think You think he, he'll he, get a free pass? He's going to walk like it's, it's done. We're, we're, we're dealing with criminals. They're criminals. Well, boy, you know what, Mark? Boy, is that a double standard because we were just talking. And in fact, you know, we heard uh, John Solomon talking about how many people have been charged tied to January 6th. You know, if you like sneezed on January 6th, you're in basically solitary confinement, you know, and if you coughed, you're in double solitary confinement. And then yet Hunter Biden, where we it's, it's right there for the whole world to see at least even some of these basic charges that we're talking about. And he's still dancing and prancing, Mark. Uh, so, boy, talk about a hypocrisy and double standard and justice. Have a nice evening. And Bernie, Western Base, buddy. Thank you, Mark. We love Bernie McGurk. We miss him so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to Rob in New Jersey. Rob, uh, your thoughts on all this. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's a real slippery slope, this whole uh, Hunter Biden thing. I think it's what dots do the FBI want to connect? It looks like right now they want to connect dots that don't lead to the president. So I think that, you know, uh, they want to maybe deflect it away from the president because these charges, if you think about it, they uh, a tax charge and a weapons charge or a, a, um, a lying charge, they're not going to basically involve his dad. Exactly. Although, you know, um, we just had on the show uh, John Solomon, who said that they're also looking into some of the lobbying stuff 
And that, I think, is really interesting, that they're also looking into the potential of foreign lobbying. And that's where, of course, that clearly, clearly opens the door. Everybody, we're going to continue with your calls after the break. Where do you see this going with the Hunter Biden investigation? And also, we're going to talk about Joe Biden and his disastrous oil policies that have put us in a dire consequence. We're also taking your calls all day today and all night tonight on the amazing Bernie McGurk, who passed away last night. Uh, Part of the IMAS team, part of Bernie and Sid, part of our family here. We're taking your calls on all that after the break. You are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Later on in the hour, we are going to be talking about President Biden's dismal oil policies that I contend have put us in a dire circumstance, such a dire circumstance that in the last few hours, it has been reported that President Biden said during a Democratic senatorial campaign committee meeting at a fundraiser, he said that the risk of nuclear Armageddon is at the highest levels since the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis. He says that President Vladimir Putin is not joking when he talks about the use of tactical nuclear weapons or biological or chemical weapons. And then he added, we have not faced the prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis. Boy, is that a dire dire warning. And then you have to take us back and wonder if we had remained energy independent, wouldn't we have a lot more leverage over Vladimir Putin? Wouldn't it have helped our allies in Europe who are going to face a really cold winter? The answer is yes. It would have tremendously helped them. They wouldn't have to even think about relying on Russian oil. And it's embarrassing because right now, after this new announcement of OPEC cutting 2 million barrels a day, well, guess what? Now our president is going around with a tin cup, basically begging to dictators around the world saying, oh, please help me, please help me, including Venezuela, Iran, and places like that. To me, that is a disgrace and it's an embarrassment. And just a little bit ago, also, President Biden was asked, what does he think of these cuts by OPEC, by Saudi Arabia, saying that they're basically going to cut back 2 million barrels a day. And remember, we're taking from our strategic reserves, our emergency reserves, because he's not drilling in the ground. This is how he responded. What's your reaction to the OPEC Disappointment, and uh, we're looking at what alternatives you may have. And he didn't deny that he is considering maybe talking to Maduro in Venezuela, the old socialist dictator there, to get maybe oil from them. How embarrassing is that America begging from oil from a dictator? Take a listen. There's a lot of alternatives. We haven't made up our mind yet. We haven't made up our mind yet. In other words, that's not a no. We're looking at all the different dictators to see who we can beg from the best. 
And this is what Mark Thiessen, conservative on Fox News, had to say about this current crisis and basically President Biden's role in all of it. Why would we be dependent on foreign dictators to produce more oil? America is sitting on 264 billion barrels of untapped oil, more than any country in the face of the earth, more than Saudi Arabia, more than Russia, more than Venezuela. Why would we even consider begging OPEC or Venezuela, a narco-communist dictatorship, to produce more oil. It's like we're in the 1970s again. We've got skyrocketing inflation. We've got Russia invading one of its neighbors. We've got uh, gas prices out of control and a president begging OPEC to produce more oil, except the only difference is it's like the second coming of Jimmy Carter, except Jimmy Carter didn't inherit a country that was energy independent. Joe Biden did. Why are we not increasing domestic production instead of suppressing it, which is what the Biden administration is doing? It is. It is stunning. And this may put us in an enormously dire situation, so much so the president is also now saying, you know, Vladimir Putin may be on the you know verge of nuclear Armageddon. This is serious stuff. I contend had he put forces in the right place at the right time early on and said the right message to Vladimir Putin, not talking about a, quote, minor incursion, maybe we wouldn't even be in this situation either in terms of the situation with Ukraine. I mean, there are so many mistakes made, and it just emotes weakness, weakness, weakness. Meantime, could it be because maybe he's a little bogged down with everything with his son, Hunter, with the new headline today that the feds are close to potentially charging the president's son, but on minor offenses like taxes and gun charges and things like that. Uh, But Jesse Waters of Fox News says, connect the dots, that this is really about, quote, the big guy. We're hearing about whistleblowers that are coming out in the FBI. We're hearing about possible more whistleblowers who know and have done business with the Biden family, possibly coming out publicly. When the Republicans take the House, who's it going to be? Jim Jordan, one of these guys is going to have the gavel. And they're going to be calling associates of the Biden family to testify under oath on live television. They will be subpoenaing Treasury records that show these suspicious wire transfers from China and Russia and God knows where. They're not going to be able to stop that. CNN, MSNBC, they haven't seen this evidence, but you're going to have Tony B. You're going to have more people coming out under oath, answering questions. This is not a Hunter story. This is a Joe Biden story. The House of Cards could fall if they keep the pressure on. That's if the Republicans take the House. That's my take. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete. Uh, Line five. Pete, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. First of all, I want to pay my condolences to you. I know how close you were with Bernie. I met him back in the 80s at Imus' studio when I worked as a stagehand up at NBC. Oh, so you met Bernie McGurk back then? Yes, and I even used to see you in the building when I was going between the floors, third floor, eighth floor, sixth floor, 8H, where they did Saturday Night Live. That was my basic studio. So I used to pop in down there when I was, like, hiding from my bosses who were yelling at me all the time because I was a young man at 27 years old. Pete, you should have come uh, by. You could have bought me lunch or something during that time. What what were you doing, wasting time? we got to do that. I told you before, we're going to get together. Probably have Norman and Jacqueline 
and all my radio friends that call me after the show. When uh, Norman calls me and tells me, Pete, you're off topic. Poor Rita. You always got to go off topic with some stories. So oh, I, I by the way, I you. adore you and I adore Norman and Jacqueline. You know, um, it's, you. by the way, first off, uh, before we get to Hunter, it is an enormous loss. Uh, Bernie McGurk was a treasured friend to me back to my NBC days, as you know. Um, and I adored Bernie. We shared so many great times. I was there when Bernie got inducted into the New Jersey Hall of Fame with his family. Um, and, uh, and I'm going to share some stories about that next week. He was just so incredibly special. And, um, and I just adored Bernie. I mean, I just, the two, you know, he was irreplaceable. And I think we always thought he was going to live forever. And sadly, as we all know, he passed away last night after an incredibly valiant fight. Uh, with prostate cancer and was in such a huge part of the WABC family um, and a part of radio history. And and I, we have a hole in our heart today. You can hear it in my voice, Pete. We, it's been a tough day for all of us. Me too. Me too. May you rest in peace. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. Now, where do you where do you think the Hunter investigation's going? I don't know. I hope it goes somewhere. I mean, I hope when the uh... Republicans take over, which is going to happen, I know, the 22nd, even though Stan thinks it's not, but I, I disagree with him. I would even make a wager of he could put up $2 and I'll put up 100 But, uh, you know, I really feel strong. We've got to come to some change because it's getting worse and worse. I got an encounter in a Dairy Queen with my family today, and some guy was EDP. He threw a bottle at uh, my wife's head, and I had to catch it. And uh, then he tried to punch the window out as he was going out. Oh, my and goodness. Changed... Just out of the blue? Yeah, I just out of the blue. He just, we weren't even looking at him. He was turned the other way. But he was talking. We thought he was talking on the phone. But he was talking to himself. By the way, uh, was... Tiffany Caban says you should go over and talk to him and ask him if you guys oh, went yeah, to high school together. Yeah. I talked to him chasing him out of the building. And I didn't back down. And he ran. He ran like a little girl. I mean, like a sissy, you know. Wow. But, uh, wow. But although, Pete, you know, you don't, want, you don't want to advocate for everybody else doing that because there are so no, many, no, as, no, I, as no, I say, no, loony no. kazoonies out there. Pete, thank goodness you're, you're okay and your family's okay. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. wow. I, I kicked the bottle. I hit the bottle away. I would have hit my wife right in the head. Wow, Pete, uh, will you stay safe out there? This is, it is crazy times out there. And there are so many people that should be locked up like that guy. Um, and, and yet they're roaming around, um, and thank goodness you are okay, my friend. Thank you for the beautiful, beautiful call too about Bernie. Uh, let's go to Bill online too. Bill, your thoughts about all this. Yeah, I have two comments. The first is about Biden. I think that they're trying to put the blame on the unpopularity of the democratic progressives onto Joe Biden, the president saying it's all, you know, to make it look like it's all him. And probably either maybe make him resign before the uh, elections or definitely they don't want him to run in 24. That's interesting, Bill, because that's a possibility that maybe the Democrats are happy something comes out that maybe dissuades him. Because he told Al Sharpton the the other day, I'm running again. I'm not sure why he announced it privately to Al Sharpton, but he basically said, yeah, I am running again. And maybe the Democrats are like, uh, 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 we don't want you to run again. I mean, if you look at the polls, Democrats and independents alike, obviously Republicans, uh, but even Democrats and independents overwhelmingly do not want him to run. So you're right. They might even be uh, behind part of this. Let's go to Mike uh, on line six. Mike, your thoughts. 
Hello, Rina. Yeah, may uh, their memory be more, you know, forever. Uh, that's Barney and the EMT worker. And I, I, ho- I hope that they're all in heaven. And this, you know, God's got uh, God's got His own plans. But I think we we should play play down the Hunter thing until after the elections, because this guy's acting like a martyr for his father and everybody else. You know, <clears throat> we got to stick with uh, Joe Biden. He's got plenty of dirt on him. Let's not hit Hunter too much, because ninety percent of the youth is going to side with Hunter. We're going to lose a lot of votes. Let's put it over until after the elections. Not let's not push it too much with Hunter. And uh, that would be the best thing because they're trying to play him as a martyr, you know, and and that's all he is right now. And he, it's it's working for them. What, by the way, Mike, play. one big high uh, pornography, happy martyr. <laughs> that's what he is. <laughs> if that's the case. But but I think also, Mike, that I don't think they're going to do anything before the midterms. You know, the rules didn't seem to apply with Trump. Remember, it was like one day within that, like, 90-day window. You know, it was like, oh, let's do the raid right away, right? And there are leaks left and right. Uh, but in this case, I think that they'll kind of drag it through. And I think getting him on minor charges really doesn't answer the question. I mean, it still doesn't. It's still, if the Republicans take the House, regardless, I think they will have hearings. And I think and I've even said this, Mike, even in fairness to President Biden, we need to have hearings because otherwise this cloud is going to be over him. And if he didn't do anything, then he shouldn't worry about them investigating him. And if he did do something, well, then guess what? He needs to pay the price along with his son, who seems to have gotten paid a hefty price. Uh, Mike, thanks so much. Always great to get your calls. Let's go to William. William, your thoughts. Oh, hey, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. And I just want to offer my condolences for the loss of Bernie. And, uh, you know, I heard that this morning as soon as I woke up and I was like, I couldn't believe it. It hit me like a ton of bricks. So I would like to offer condolences to all you guys because I know he's one of your colleagues and his entire family. That guy was so cool. His imitations were amazing. He would do Springsteen, Sharpton, (laughs) and he was a cab driver and he knew the streets like he knew the Bronx inside now and that's why you know i love him and i i I hope he's up in heaven with uh, looking down on us now yeah thank you i'm sure he is by the way telling great stories up there too and and making everybody laugh uh the saints are laughing tonight in heaven uh with bernie up there uh among them and uh just brilliant fabulous funny bernie um who we all miss incredibly william thank you that was really really beautiful thank you Let's go to William, the other William, in uh, Asbury. William, your thoughts. Miss Rita, I was just thinking about Bernie last night, and I got the news. He's with God now. Anywho, on Hunter Biden, um, what do you think about this? I heard Mark Levin make this point. It sounds most interesting to me. Um, Hunter Biden, they're hanging him on on pretty minor issues, you know, a, a gun charge and then uh, – tax evasion which you know politicians all the time get a slap on the wrist never mind his actions in ukraine which just might violate the espionage act to give them a sense of impartiality therefore when they hang trump on something say look man we we got we got hunter biden on this this and that we're we're not we're not playing favorites here that's an interesting point. Um, I thought about that, too. Like, are they trying to do it just a masquerade that they're doing something? 
Uh, that's a great, great point. William, thank you very much. Let's go to Sal in New Jersey. Sal, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I honestly think that this is a, a Trump getting indicted. You do? Why is that? The Democrat, because I think the Democrats are trying to take away the issue. You know, Trump goes to these rallies and he reels about, you know, they're, they're attacking me, but they're not attacking they're not investigating Hunter Biden. They're not doing things with Hunter Biden. I think, and, you know, tax charges aren't necessarily minor charges, but Hunter Biden is going to have, you know, the defense that he was an addict, et cetera. So I think if they if they do move against Trump, like your last caller said, I think there's a good chance that they can that they can argue well, look, we we went after Hunter, and I don't think that you, I don't think there'll be a resolution of either Trump's case or Hunter Biden's case before the presidential election, because I don't know how you'll ever pick an impartial jury. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, and by the way, I think I think it's so dangerous that they have talked about um, you know potential things against Trump because. There's a very good chance he may be uh, the GOP nomination, you know, the nominated candidate, or at least throw his hat in the ring. We don't know for sure. Uh, But there's a very good chance he's going to be a candidate for president. And he might announce it, you know, I would think right after the midterms. So that's a very dangerous place to be, like going after someone who could be a leading candidate for president, a former president, too. I mean, to me... Uh, I, I think it is completely improper. And if they just slap Hunter on the wrist, that is a huge, huge discrepancy. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. one 800 848 The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We're talking about the dire crisis involving oil. And boy, has President Biden put us in a bind. Now OPEC is cutting back its production, 2 million barrels a day. And what is President Biden doing? He's not drill, baby, drill in America. That's what he should be doing. He killed the Keystone Pipeline on day one. He has vilified the oil and gas industry, which he continues to do to this day. He's still listening to his green energy folks. And in fact, six progressive members of Congress wrote him just yesterday and said, we want you to declare that the climate is an emergency. What about oil? What about people in Europe maybe not having enough to you know, keep themselves warm this winter because President Biden killed us on energy independence. I mean, this is so crazy that now he's in the position where he is begging places like Venezuela and Iran and elsewhere, begging dictators for oil as if that doesn't hurt the environment versus letting us drill baby drill in America where we're basically the cleanest production in the world. And now we're in a dire crisis, begging. We're the best country in the world. We were energy independent. And this president has just hurt the oil industry and and now is hurting the American consumer in a huge, huge, huge way. Well, take a listen. This is what Kevin McCarthy had to say 
Uh, and what he says is basically the reason behind this crazy move. There's so many places that we're in dire straits, and they're all created by one-party rule, by the Democrats controlling the House, the Senate, and the presidency. Think of what he did on the very first day, ending an American pipeline, stopping leases. He's made us dependent upon Russia, Saudi Arabia, and now Venezuela. He hates American oil-filled workers so much that he'll never turn to us. Wow, that is a scary premise that now we're begging from dictators. Let's go to Jimmy, line eight. Jimmy, your thoughts? Yes, you know, in the old way of war, if you watch the documentaries, the enemy bombs your oil fields, your refineries, your factories. Look what the enemy did here. They didn't bomb our factories. They got us to send it to the communist China. They didn't bomb our oil fields. We destroyed our own energy ourselves. Earth Day, okay, the environmental movement, Earth Day is Lenin's birthday. This is war without firing a shot. We are being totally, absolutely outsmarted. You weaken our energy system or destroy it, it tears down our economic system. You tear down the economic system, we have to cut our military budget. I don't blame just Biden or the Democrats. I also blame the Republicans and the conservatives for missing this enemy operation, which wasn't a secret. It's written about in their publications. I just got 5,000 pages of Soviet publications. Jimmy, you got all the details. I'll tell you, you know what? It is scary what's happening to our country. And why are the Democrats doing it? This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great military and also their families. A powerful story coming from Elmhurst, New York, where Senator Tony Wang hosted a Connecticut Wartime Service Medal Ceremony at a high school. Uh, as a way to recognize the service of our state's veterans. Uh, This took place in the state of Connecticut. Now, it truly was an honor to host this event, he said, which brought the community together to publicly thank our veterans for their service. The Connecticut Veterans Wartime Service Medal was established by the governor in 2005 as a way to recognize the service of the state's veterans. The medal includes the distinctive red, white, and blue colors, along with the official seal of each branch of the U.S. Armed Forces and the words for service. Additionally, each veteran receives a ribbon. Uh, Senator Wang said that these veterans put aside civilian life to stand for something so much greater. Many left family and friends to fight in foreign lands and to protect freedom. How beautiful that they are being recognized by the state of Connecticut in so many powerful and wonderful ways. And bravo to our great veterans and, of course, to their families as well. Well, we are talking, of course, about Biden's disastrous oil policies because they are really putting us in a precarious situation. And now that OPEC, even though the president went over to Saudi Arabia and basically groveled with the Saudi prince, it clearly didn't work because now the Saudi Arabians and also not just the Saudis, but also OPEC in general, OPEC plus, have decided jointly, okay, well, we're going to reduce output by about 2 million barrels a day, putting less on the market. And that means we have to look for oil 
Also, it means that there will be escalating prices. And that comes right before the midterms in the United States. And as the weather is getting colder, which is a double whammy for this president. And it shows his policies over there didn't work. And guess what? If we were energy independent, like we were under President Trump, if we were drilling and expanding, we could be selling to the world. We would be so rich right now. Not only would we be dependent, we would be self-sufficient, but also helping so many of our allies. And instead, we're groveling and tapping into our strategic oil reserves, which are supposed to be only for emergencies. And the president first said, oh, no, 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 we're not going to tap into the reserves again. We just did it recently. We're not going to do it again. And then as soon as this news broke, he basically reversed course and admitted, well, maybe we do have to tap into the strategic reserves again. That is an emergency reserve. That's literally only supposed to be used in a time of crisis, not because President Biden has such a lousy policy dealing with our oil industry. I think it is shameful, and I think he needs to say, listen, I was wrong. The far left of my party is pushing me hard. I have to push back on them and do what's right for this country. But no, he's groveling to the left, and he's now groveling to dictators like Venezuela, possibly looking to get oil from them. This is so embarrassing on so many levels. And this is what Congressman Mike Waltz had to say about it all. The thing that's so frustrating, I think, to all of us is that it, right here under the ground in the United States of America, uh, we have oil and cleaner gas uh, than Russian gas or others ready to go. Not only would it help Americans at the pump, uh, but it's the biggest driver of inflation because everything has to be transported. But the other piece is on foreign policy. Russia has invaded, Putin has invaded its neighbors every time it was cash flush because of the high price of oil. In 08 with Georgia, in 14 with Ukraine, and then again uh, this year when oil was over $100 a barrel. Biden could starve Putin's war machine right now by unleashing oil and gas, and they keep telling this fiction that our oil and gas, or domestic oil and gas companies, they keep pointing to these uh, uh, these leases that they're supposedly not taking advantage of. It's because the administration isn't giving the permits to actually take advantage of them. So it's misleading the American people. It's hurting the American people in their wallet. And it's keeping Putin cash flush so that he can uh, continue this invasion. And Jesse Waters on The Five earlier today said this means a win for Republicans in November because people are seeing right through this. He's already dealing with crime. He's already dealing with immigration. He's already dealing with inflation. And now you're seeing the rising gas prices. This is going to guarantee a Republican Senate. This is going to guarantee a Republican Senate, according to Jesse Waters, that people are going, why am I paying so much money? Why are we groveling to dictators? Why did this guy cancel oil drilling in America? Why is he vilifying the oil industry at every single turn? Why is he doing this at a time where we're clearly not ready to take the leap to green energy? It it is dumbfounding to me, and it's also disastrous for American policy. Well, here is Greg Gutfeld saying, guess what? This is all Biden, 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 because under Trump, things were going fine. This probably wouldn't have happened under Trump. And I know that sounds extremely stereotypical, but the fact is this is a terrible deal. I mean, Joe went there with his, you know, on his knees and they just screwed him. And I just don't see that happening 
with actually I would broaden and say I don't see it happening with Trump or, or anybody else. It just so happened that it happened with Biden. Mm. So that's kind of strange. Yeah. And I don't think for sure this would have happened in any shape or form under President Trump. No way, no how. Uh, let's go to Liam in Philly. Liam, your thoughts. You're here on the Rita Cosby show. Hey, Liam, are Hi, you there? Hi, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. Sorry about your colleague, Bernie. He was hysterical. And uh, that Cardinal segment was probably the funniest, you know, that I've ever heard that he when he did that. It was it was the best. He was a, a real talent and it's a great loss. Oh, he was the best. And then he'd put like he put the Cardinal hat on the paper Cardinal hat on. He had the whole get up, you know, he hysterical. was like, to, oh, uh, like uh, unforgettable, unforgettable and brought so much joy and so much laughter. I, I'm, I'm sitting here smiling, thinking of him doing those great imitations, you know? Yeah, so I, I uh, last night I saw a segment on Tucker, and he recapped uh, something from Bloomberg where there was a Columbia professor, Jeff Sachs, that was on, and the guy got pulled off quick because he made the claim that the U.S., was actually involved in blowing up Nord Stream pipeline, which, you know, I, I think the Democrats just want higher oil prices. They, they didn't want to drive it up. It was a half-hearted effort to go to OPEC. Uh, if we blew up that pipeline, you know, you'd get quick oil prices up really quick. And, um, you know, he made the claim on the news that it, it's not being reported. Apparently there's some kind of evidence that we might have done it. And it was it was and, a pretty serious claim. A, a, by the way, it is a pretty serious claim. From what I have seen, um, they don't know who did it. Of course, the Biden administration says that, you know, that they believe it's Putin. Um, you know, but if if there was any plan that they were doing, whatever it is, if there was any sort of plan uh, to increase oil prices, I think it's a crazy plan. And, and I think there are other people who feel the same way you do, too. I was listening to Senator Tom Cotton earlier today, and he was basically saying that he thinks that the Biden administration, he didn't really talk about the the pipeline, at least I didn't hear that part, but he was focused more just in general that they maybe are happy that things are going high because then the public will go, oh, gosh, well, maybe we need to go to this green energy stuff because it's just so over the top in terms of price. Um, but I think it's going to backfire because people aren't going to sit and say, gosh, it's too expensive. We have to go to green energy. I mean, if you go to a, a, an electric car, Liam, electric cars are like 60,000 bucks. You know, I mean, no matter how expensive gas and oil is, you know, it's never going to be as expensive right now as oil as, you know, getting an electric car and going through the hassle of trying to figure out where to plug it in and all. You know, I mean, it's just it's so unrealistic. Um, and to to kind of bring down America to its knees, so we're going to beg for what green energy and a windmill? Uh, to me, I think is counterproductive. I think it's going to backfire. What do you think, Liam? I think you know you're right. These are crazy ideas, but here we are. You know, uh, there there are crazy things out there, and somebody's making money. Maybe it's uh, Pelosi's husband and Hunter Biden are making money on those deals. But you're right. Like the typical Joe going to fill up his tank. Uh, he's getting he's getting screwed at the tank. So I I agree. I think somebody's making money, but it's it's not me. I don't know. So yeah, I I agree. There there's some somebody has a crazy master plan, and if he thinks it's going to drive people, I think it's going to drive people away at the polls. 
and work against the uh, Democrats because as soon as we saw the numbers go up with gas, people resented it. It always goes back, and it certainly goes back in this case to the president who was sitting there in the office who killed jobs on day one and has continuously, like, blasted. I mean, even the other day, he was down there in the hurricane, and he's basically accusing, like, oil and gas of, uh, you know, jacking up prices, even though there was no evidence of it. It's like any chance he can, he is taking a swipe at oil and gas. And it's just, it's so unseemly, and it's unrealistic, and it is and it is so disastrous for this country. Thanks so much. Uh, let's go to uh, Mickey, line six. Mickey, your thoughts. Hey, how you doing? How you doing, Rita? Good, I, uh, good. How are you check, doing? I wanted to check in with you, and uh, I'm sure I know we, you know, we're talking about Bernie, and, and, and it's just a sad thing. And oh, it's heartbreaking, I, Mickey. It's hard. We are. We. It really, it's a gut punch. Really the loss and, of an icon like Bernie McGurk, who oh, was our friend and and part of our family. It's oh, a absolutely. huge loss. Absolutely, and and you know, this morning I was listening. Uh, John was on on the air talking, to, and he sounded so sad. You know. Yeah. Oh, he he he. Oh, he loved Bernie as we all did. You know, it's it's very personal. But all and also, uh, you know, Curtis was on, and it was just uh, you know the whole audience. I'm sure, uh, the you know the ABC audience, you know the whole audience here. We're we're really praying for him and hoping that may he rest in peace. Amen. You know. Absolutely, Uh, and pray for his family and and two kids. Absolutely, he's got two kids too. So please pray for them. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely, honey. And uh, just on the on the OPEC thing, I think it was. Uh, yep. You were talking about talking about that too. I don't know. I, it just doesn't make sense to me why we would buy oil outside of the United States when we have it. Right. Because <laughs> because he wants to appease his green energy loony kazuni lefties. That yeah, no matter so. what it is, I mean, it's like we're in dire crisis. Not just us. But the rest of the world's in dire crisis to get oil yeah. from somewhere. And and he's sitting there not even looking underground when we, we have like, you know, solid gold below ground and he's not even tapping into it. It's it. Yeah. It is ludicrous. I mean, I, I, like I never thought I would have a president who wouldn't look at the obvious because he's so stuck on these left wing policies. It, it's really a shame. Mickey, thank you yes. so much. And thank you for yes. the sweet words about our beautiful Bernie, who we miss incredibly. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania. Dave, your thoughts. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, no, I, I think what's happening here with Biden, you know, I think President Obama was cracking open bottles of champagne, celebrating exactly what he's doing. Uh, you put your leftist thinking cap on. By the way, you know, I agree with you. He that, probably thinks it's wonderful, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the the way the the successful path to empowering leftist elitists is through managing the decline of our country. That's the only way they get in power. So it's 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 not by accident or incompetence. It's intentional. I think we need to just start to really recognize that Biden is never. It's always going to give half-hearted efforts just to create the optics to pacify us. But by the time 2024 comes around. He won't be running for president. He'll be putting somebody else in. And the damage that he did as a ramrod leftist will be already been done. They would have created a very large uh, dependent voting base. And, you know, with, with the man's decline, it's going to make more people more dependent on the government, empowering the, the, the government. So I think this is what this is the game plan. You know, you bring up a good point that it's going to take a long time to reverse it, Dave. You know, you bring up a great point because it will 
take a long time to reverse disastrous policies. And even if we said, okay, uh, we're going to start just even talking on the oil, it still takes a long time. If you start drilling right now, it still takes a while till you actually get oil out of it. Um, but the oil industry needs to feel that from the top down that there's a commitment and a support for it, too. Otherwise, uh, why drill? Why spend the money if you believe that you're going to be cut off, you know, uh, any day from this president, you know, and vilified publicly as he's been doing? So there are so many issues here. Dave, thank you very much. Um, let's go to Michael. Uh, line two. Michael, your thoughts. Hey, Rita. It's Michael. How you doing? Good, Mike. I recognize this voice. Uh, all right, I recognize this voice. You used to work at uh, at Newsmax and Fox News, my friend, right? Yeah. Listen, really. First of all, you're doing a great job. But I wanted to listen to all these people who either knew Bernie or knew him on the air. <clears throat> I want to do at least add my contribution, which was what everyone else has said. What a wonderful, wonderful man he was. I only met him by accident because I was running the news side of, of Fox and he would call me every once in a while wanting to know if he had his facts down correctly on a story that he was going to do on the air. He really cared. He wanted to have it right. He wanted to check. He couldn't have been more polite about it. And later on when I was running Newsmax, we had him on to promote his show with Sid and he'd come in and he always took the time to say hello, catch up. He's just a real human being, a great guy. Honest smile, big heart, and uh, I'm going to miss him, too, like all of you. I didn't know him like you did, Rita, but a really good man, and I didn't want to let the moment pass without wishing him well in his next phase up in heaven. Oh, Michael, thank you. I'm so glad that you called in, um, and it's wonderful to hear from you, too, especially, too, as well. Uh, you know, uh, great Michael Clemente, who was one of the great executives in in uh, television news, and Michael you know, you bring up a point about that smile. Like he was always positive, always just very kind to everybody. And uh, and I used to see him. You know me. I'm I'm a night owl, so I'd like see him. Like you know, in the wee hours of the morning. Sometimes I'd be here late, and he'd come in the morning. We would end up talking for like an hour or two, but and we both would have these huge stacks of paper because, to your point, he was so well prepared, and he was such an info junkie. And he was one of those people, like one of his segments, you know, was the Beat Bernie segment that he did with uh, Bernie and Sid. Um, And it was Bernie reads a lot of books because he did genuinely read a lot of books. Like he'd come in and say, hey, you know, back in 1960, this happened or that he was a walking history book. And he loved knowledge, um, loved learning, loved people um, and just always had that just beautiful, joyous spirit. And, And we just had so many wonderful conversations and Michael, I was there when he was inducted to the New Jersey Hall of Fame, and it was just such a special moment to be there with him and his family at that time, too. And uh, I I just, I loved Bernie. I really, really loved Bernie, and it's a huge hole in our heart. Well, Rita, let me just say, and I'll get out of the way of your other listeners, because I know you've got a ton of them, but uh, as significant as this OPEC business is and what you're doing tonight, which is like you do every night, you know, the important stories of the day and the viewer feedback on it. Um, I'm very proud of you and happy that you allowed so much time for your fans and his fans to spend that time on the air tonight about him because it is a big hole. It's a big, big hole. And hopefully he's up there with some other friends now and and, uh, not in any pain. Anyway, God bless you and thank you, Rita. Thank you, Michael, for calling, and God bless you, too, and and you're right. Um, He had suffered so much uh, fighting cancer to the bitter end, um, wanting to be at work as much as he could and certainly be with his family. 
and yeah. um, and um, we we're going to miss him tremendously, tremendously, and he deserves it. That's why there was no way, you know, uh, coming into work today, there was no way that we could talk about anything else other than um, this incredible man and make sure that we pay, you know, a great tribute to him. It's the least we can do. He was he was a family member to us, really, and a, and a friend. And, uh, well, you take care, Rita. Thank you very much, Michael. Great uh, hearing from you. And everybody, okay. we're going to continue with your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And as we wrap up the show tonight, we were just talking with Michael and so many of you calling in. Uh, expressing your love for our dear colleague and friend, Bernie McGurk. And I just wanted to close the show with a few more classic Bernie McGurk moments. There are way too many, but here are just a few that we want to share with all of you. Again, he passed away last night at the age of 64 after a valiant fight with cancer. 77 WABC remembers our colleague, our friend, radio legend, Bernard McGurk. Good morning, God bless. Lord, hear our prayer. The I-Man's next ranch accident permanently keeps him from talking. And that he returns to New York in the condition of Stephen Hawking. Lord, hear our prayer. President Trump, welcome to the brand new Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show on WABC. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too, but I've known Bernard for, we don't want to say how long, right, Bernard? <laughs> no, it's, been, it's been a while. I love you. Are you nuts? Well, you said love. Now it's in the past tense. So No, I, I, I still do. Working with me for four years, you don't hate me at this point? On certain days. <laughs> Not every day, but this morning I don't hate you at all. Please join us on Tuesday morning as we will have a special tribute show honoring the life of our colleague, our friend, Bernard McGurk. And you got to make sure that you tune in to 77 WABC on Tuesday, also WABCradio.com, as we continue to honor our dear friend, uh, I always thought that he would turn around and come back into work. Um, and sadly, uh, that was not the case. Um, your thoughts, everybody. Let's go to Rich, uh, line four in Pittsburgh. Rich, your thoughts. Okay, I have a lot of thoughts about him because the first time I ever saw him, saw his face, I thought of the word quirk. And then they said, his name is McGurk. This guy is the embodiment of all that's good about our country. This is the kind of person other countries don't produce. You don't have, if there are any, so anybody like this in Canada, they come down here. This is where we shine. We, we value personality. And we, this is our greatest strength. Other countries like China, no. Absolutely. You know what, you know what, Richard, you bring up a great point because you're right. Uh, freedom of speech, freedom to to joke about whatever, um, and also just amazing expression and expression of, you know, of fun on the air, uh, spunk, brilliance, uh, but also just an incredible friend to all of us, too, personally. Let's go to um, Anastasia, line seven. Anastasia, your thoughts? Rita, my condolence for the great loss of this wonderful, authentic man, uh, Unfortunately, we don't get too many in life as, as good as he. He will always be in our hearts an unforgettable man. 
Absolutely. May he rest in peace. And my condolence to you all and his family. Thank you, Anastasia. Thank you very much. We uh, will miss Bernie McGurk incredibly. There will never be another one like Bernie McGurk. Uh, we're going to continue, of course, with your calls, you guys, through the week and also next week. We will never forget him, and we appreciate all your love and support. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.